Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. I am your host, Dean Holtzapfel. With me, as always, is the brainchild himself, George Rogers. I love that. Like I'm going to get that on a shirt. Yeah, the brainchild. I love, the, it. Uh, I love it. You're the mind. You're the brain. The brain, George I'm the Rogers. E- I'm the Egon of this, uh, of this group. Mm-hmm. Some say you're a modern day Bobby Heenan. Ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. that's Chris. That, wouldn't, that, but I have something to say to Chris. Fuck you, Chris. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, everybody, there's been a delay. Uh, obviously, um, we're recording this Tuesday night, and um, we'd like to apologize for that. That's mainly my fault. Uh, I moved about two weeks ago. And we um, didn't get a chance to record Ace Ventura, which was supposed to be the podcast two Sundays ago. Um, and then funny enough, we had nothing planned for last week. So the plan was to just take the week off that we missed and then do Ghostbusters last week or this past Sunday as the first. And um, I had a headache and then uh, like a really bad headache that I typically get. And then last night, um, monday night we were going to record um prior to recording our episode of bge except for red robin decided to take forever to bring my food out to me so we moved it to tonight and you're going to get a little midweek episode so red robin was playing fast and loose with your food yeah it was good though uh, i mean i'm not the biggest red robin fan but uh the burger was really good are they still doing the endless fries of course oh well, of course. i mean that's I mean that, of course. Of course. <laughs> I mean that's the whole reason for even going half the time, because mm-hmm. you know me, I enjoy extra. Fries. They were they were on point point yesterday too. They're nice and crispy. Well, you, real, real well, you know my name, Idaho Mac, and I got to yeah. get some sort of potato product <laughs> in my body. Put those sprouts on up your butthole. <laughs> well, hey boner. Um, so uh, so we decided to do because with the afterlife trailer that came out last week, last week, right? Roughly. Oh, did I lose George? I've lost George's. Uh, I can see him. I can't hear him though. Uh, he'll, he'll come back though. He'll chime in. So uh, here he is. Oh, he's here? Back. I'm here. He's back. Yeah, he's back. that's weird. So yeah. Afterlife came out. The trailer came out last week, right? Something like that. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think last Wednesday, possibly. So we decided well, to. Last we decided to just do the first Ghostbusters movie uh, at at a whim, real fast. Um, Cause we, we couldn't, we didn't have anything else planned. Like I said, we'd somehow for some reason left August 1st blank on the schedule. So um, I don't know how we skipped. Yeah. I don't know if that was planned or, or we just skipped over it. So, um, so we decided just to do ghostbusters and here we are. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the trailer. Uh, today's episode is going to be about a little breakdown of the trailer, what we thought about it, the movie, and then uh, George just finished up uh, Masters of the Universe Revelations uh, the past two days ago, maybe. Uh, I watched I it. Finished, I watched it after it launched. I finished it uh, yesterday <laughs> afternoon when I right. got home from work. And uh, we're going to just you know, like our Marvel coverage or, you know, our, our TV show coverage, not just Marvel, you know. Uh, we're going to just do a little. I mean, it was just a, it was two hours of content, you know, I mean, 25 minute episodes, five episodes each. So uh, we'll give our thoughts on that to, to round out the episode. So um, let's uh, let's start with the trailer, George, and uh, let's give everybody your thoughts on the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. Now, when 
we first heard that we were getting the ghost we were getting ghostbusters afterlife actually yeah that's a good um, idea let's go back to that let's yeah. go back there as that that was a good go idea george good job yeah yeah let's, let's um, go back to the announcement yeah i know you and i were a little apprehensive because of what we got in 2016 <clears throat> have you I, and i don't remember did you say you've actually watched that movie uh no yeah I've, i have i've not and it's I really just don't want to. Uh, yeah, I neither. I don't have any desire to finish it about um, when that movie came out. Um, I was still in North Carolina. Um, somebody did a watch along. I guess they had a some sort of pirated version of the movie. Uh, somebody was doing a drunk watch along on YouTube. So I watched the first hour of the movie on YouTube and then I went back to finish it and the cha- and the, the, the video was gone. So um, and I had absolutely no desire to ever finish the movie and i haven't so because it's it was garbage it's absolutely fucking garbage i I cannot believe um and i'm gonna i'm gonna honestly say it um if afterlife was not coming out this hands down would be a dead franchise that movie that's how bad that movie hurt the franchise and the fan base of of ghostbusters i I mean you gotta think about it a lot of A lot of the fan base of Ghostbusters is based off of the first movie. Second movie's good. It's not bad. We reviewed it, um, but it's not near as good as the first one. Um, and the game was so a lot of goodwill. And, you know, of course, they had the real Ghostbusters TV show. But that sick, that 2016 movie really, really you want to people want to bitch about Star Wars. This literally killed the, fran- the Ghostbusters franchise. Um, and then I think for me, I think this movie is going to save it. Um, this, the trailers, I actually wasn't impressed with the first trailer. George, did you, what did you think of the first trailer? Uh, same with you. I wasn't impressed, but I was curious to see where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I heard that Jason Reitman was directing it, I was like, okay, I feel a little better about it since he is the son of Ivan Reitman who directed one and two. And Ivan's so involved. So, yeah. And he's involved yeah. with this. So there's a lot of goodwill. Um, the fact that we've, Bill Murray finally committed mm-hmm. to doing a third movie. It's a shame. Not, and not it, just a cameo. Yeah. It, it's yeah. a shame that it took so long for him to commit. Yeah. Because um, it, it, then, I mean, if he could have committed to something mm-hmm. a few years ago, we, we could have gotten it with the original four before Hal Ramis passed away. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's something I don't hold a grudge towards Bill Murray, but um, we never got a true Ghostbusters three be- pretty much because of him. Um, he kept being really like non-committal to things, and then he would remember it was like the mid to early to I would say like maybe you know it might even been the writer strike. They they were going to do Ghostbusters three. It was probably around the writer strike because that's what roughly around when the game came out too. And I think I remember Dan Aykroyd saying that the writer strike pretty much just killed any momentum that movie had. And then a, a couple years later, Hal Ramis passed away, and then that was it. That was I mean that was it. They, nobody thought that they were going to make a third movie and the delays kept happening because of Bill Murray's non-committalness to making a third movie because he hates the second film with a passion. Yeah. And, and he um, was saying, you know, he would say to nobody wants to see 60 year old guys running around catching ghosts. Yes, like, we do. Me, yes, we do. Bill yeah, Murray. We do, Bill. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I don't want to see fucking Miss, Melissa McCarthy fucking do it, you know, or fucking uh, what's her face. Um, Leslie Jones. I, yeah, I don't. They do nothing for me. Um, yeah. So um, 
this this trailer for me was a nice signal to you know and i hate to i hate to compare it to the these trailers but uh it's not the it's not like they they're similar trailers but uh it, it's more of a like um a welcome home as much as the force awaken trailers were remember because yes. those those trailers and we you know we don't love that movie but i don't think we hate we don't we don't hate that movie either but those trailers were very much like you know welcome home we're back to star wars this feels like star wars it looks like star wars that's what i get from this trailer um and uh, you know regardless of what people what, what anybody thinks of the force awakens uh, like like love it or hate it but that's what those trailers were and that's what i got from this trailer is you know the right people are involved. Welcome back. We have the original guys back. It's a it's a passing of the torch. But from what I've heard from uh, a, a scooper that I trust and Mikey Sutton, that the original three Ghostbusters, that the, the surviving members are very much involved in this movie. This isn't just them showing up for five minutes and then it's, you know, all the kids doing all the work. They're very much involved with this movie, which is something I pretty much, I assumed if Ackward was going to come back, he was going to be the probably, he's probably the main mentor of the movie. I, w- I would imagine. You know? Yeah. So, cause he was, the, I mean, him and Egon were the brains behind the ghostbusters, you know, that was them. And then of course, you know, Bill Murray was there because he was a friend and you know, all the other stuff. Well, he has degrees in psychology and parapsychology. Who? So Bill Murray. Well, well what i'm saying is the the (laughs) ghostbusters themselves i always looked at it as it was ray and egon were like they were the ghostbusters like because bill murray's always off doing you know peter venkman stuff you know but like they were very much like oh we got this thing and bill murray's like i just want i just want to get laid by you know dana you know and stuff like that so like a game not not that not that um not that Bill Murray or Peter Venkman wasn't, you know, like a founding member or, or you know, something like that. But I feel like I feel like Egon and Ray always did all the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? They took it a little more seriously than than. Well, the, than well they even say later in the movie when he's like, oh, you never studied. And it's like no studying. Yeah. Like when, he, when he proved them wrong. So it's like, you know, he never took it seriously. But, you know, because they were, you know, because they were in deep, especially in the beginning, which we'll obviously touch on that. Right. But, you know, he was always, you know, he was part of it, but he always seemed like maybe he didn't quite believe, mm-hmm. but yeah, but he was along for the ride. He's like, you know what? Th- this seems like fun. We're going to yeah. make a sh- ton of money because he was, because, because even after they get the loan, you can see him talking. He's like, the franchise rights alone will, you know, will, 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 will make us rich as we our wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. Like he sees this as like a massive way to get rich and they're just like, in it for, and they're just in it for the science, mm-hmm. but that's what was so fun about it and with this new trailer that we got last week i mean it hit all the right notes yeah or a ghostbuster and and then this is something that we've said even with uh with jurassic world when that came out it paid homage to the past without shitting on the legacy mm-hmm you know, and that's what I'm feeling from this. You know, Annie Potts is there still looking fabulous as, yeah, uh, as Janine. So I, I can only assume that she was maybe taking care of Egon in his later years. Maybe. Maybe as he was getting older yeah. or maybe she, or, or maybe her and Egon were together. Who knows? Yeah. Know? Maybe they actually had, um, I mean, her, I mean, her thing with Lewis very well could have just been a fling and you know, she could have just gone right back to Egon. It's but, true. You know, so hey, I'm, I'm, when is that coming out again? October? November Thanksgiving. Okay. 
So I think we're so going to have to, um, I think we should review that um, immediately. I, I agree. That should probably be the last movie before we start our Christmas, uh, our, you know, Christmas movies. So yeah. um, why not? Finally. And it'll finish out basically what would be, I guess, technically the Ghostbusters trilogy, unless they decide to do more movies, which if this is successful, I don't see why they wouldn't. Mm. But um, I'd be all for that. So unless um, this new movie acts as a, like a cap on that. It could. I mean, it could. This could be like, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they're making fucking sequels to Halloween and they, yeah. they didn't need to, you know, and now I feel I mean, like they're going to ruin it. I mean, and, and what we got from this trailer, um, it seems as though, you know, we're still very much in the vein of Gozer and mm-hmm. Evo Shanmore. We kind of so brought it back full circle. So, so yeah, exactly. It brought it. It brought us right back to where we started out. Yeah. What is the and, um? What is the uh? The well that they. What is that called? You told me the other day. Uh, Shandor Mines. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, so it's already called that. So it's probably why Egon set up shop there because he was mm-hmm. doing more research on yeah, like, the Goza worshippers. Which it looks like we see a little which it looks like we see a little chamber down there too for, for, for a couple of shots we saw. And yeah, that definitely I, I looks like Goza coming up behind. So I didn't notice that the first uh one or two times I actually watched the trailer. I noticed that uh when I watched it, I think ooh, excuse me. I think it was like uh Sunday I watched the trailer. So yeah, and then you know, and then right there at the end, you know, we get the inside of Ray's occult. So, <clears throat> with that alone, it shows that the second movie is still very much in canon and mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, how some movies have been doing with sequels where they're just kind of skipping certain ones. And, you know, with Halloween, they skipped everything after the first one and just mm-hmm. kind of continued. And th- on. there were some rumors too that they were going to ignore the second movie. Yeah, uh, there that, was, that was yeah. Um, also, so I've gone back and I listened carefully again. I actually do believe that that's um, upon further um, investigations, as they would say. Um, I think that's Ray that picks up the phone. I, and says we're yeah, close. I agree. Um, I can see we- why people think it's Bill Murray, and and I, you know, I first thought it was Ray, and then. You know, um, I don't remember who said it was Bill Murray. It might have been Chris, but it could have been. I could have saw it somewhere else. And then I was like, well, it does kind of sound like Bill Murray. But then, like, as I listen to it more, I I think it's Ray. I mean, we've heard Dan Aykroyd's voice enough times over the years. I mean, I'm 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 a big Dan Aykroyd fan, mm-hmm. as are you. Yeah, huge. You've heard his, I mean, I've heard his voice enough times where I heard it. I'm like, that's, I mean, well, first off, it's inside the bookstore. Yeah. So. I mean, so that's already a giveaway that it's Ray. Mm-hmm. And even the arms look bigger because because Dan Aykroyd is, I mean, he's he's gained some weight. I mm-hmm. mean, he's a little bigger. So, I mean, the, and the forearms kind of look like him and the, and, and the voice was kind of tip off. I think people were thinking it was Bill Murray. More of a, um, uh, they were kind of like wishing it was Bill Murray. Yeah. Kind of, um, like the Mandalift, you know, like we think it's Bill Murray, so we're going to say it's Bill Murray. Yeah, but also it was with that trailer that I noticed that there is, and I was I, I guess when I watched the trailer that day old when I found out that Ray actually or like the, the movie actually makes a mistake, the the first movie makes a mistake, hmm. and and I'll get to it later on. It's it's when he quotes the it's when Ray quotes the Bible. He okay. says the wrong chapter and verse, because you can see there's a tattoo on his arm that says Revelation six twelve, and. Hmm. 
in this movie he says Revelation seven twelve in the um, in the movie. So he so he actually said it wrong. Mm-hmm. I went back and listened. I'm like, he says it wrong. Right. I, I never noticed it because Revelation six twelve is what he actually quotes, where you know the sixth seal opened and the sky became as black as sackcloth and you know all that shit. Right. <clears throat> so, I don't um, know the Bible. We said to Chris and he just rattled it off because you know he's yeah. he, he's got it memorized. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I was scrolling through Twitter just now. Actually. I wasn't scrolling through Twitter. I was closing out the apps on my phone and I accidentally opened Twitter. Um, and I saw uh, this little tip. We're going to deviate just for a quick second since we're on about less than 48 hours away from my viewing of the Suicide Squad movie, which is next week's podcast. Um, Mine too, because I'm on Thursday. That's right, you are. And what time again? I'm at 6.50. What time are you? 7.20. So you're going to be... Well, let's be honest. You'll be finishing up uh, reviews or previews by the time I'm sitting down. So, yeah, because <laughs> I fully expect I fully expect about 30 minutes of reviews as or, um, previews. So um, I see. So Grace Randolph did not like the Suicide Squad. Um, really? And of course, you know, always, you know, I, I don't hate Grace. I, I think she she's a little too leftist for me and I'm a left leaning guy. Um but uh, she she goes here. She comments on somebody's comment. I'm not. I don't really want to like search it out. And goes, "Some are you saying you're glad that the movie isn't woke?" She goes, "Yikes! First off, I hate that critique because I feel representation is hugely important." And she goes, second, this movie is aggressively anti-conservative. So, boy, are you in for a surprise?" Which actually makes me laugh because everybody, and that's going to tie into when we talk about Motu at the end of the at the end of the show. Um, because it's like anything that's left of like Hitler, people are saying is woke. And it's it really, a buzzword. Yeah, it really pisses me off because I never got for a second. I never got for a second from any of the trailers from the Suicide Squad that this movie was going to be woke. And let's be honest. What does I mean? Yeah, Ghostbusters 2016 was woke. The Star Wars sequels, not really. And I actually fell for that trope for a long time. Um, but like there's a lot of things. Motu woke? Nope. Sorry, it isn't. Just because uh, Tila's got a shorter haircut doesn't mean she's uh, you know fucking carpet muncher all of a sudden and it's in your face. So um, people need to chill out with that fucking shit. And uh, granted, I I'm you know forced representation is bad, but I mean, you know what what are people saying? It's like it's all those people those assholes from the fucking fandom mess, like that fat piece of shit Tom Connors and stuff like that who got into a Twitter war with. The other day it just fucking pisses me off like i mean i'm disappointed that she doesn't like it because she's a big dc fan but um then she always kind of like delves into the, like the her she's like uber leftist and that's a little too left for me this is the woman who bitches about uh, women being objectified in movies but then ogled over uh brad pitt taking a shirt off in once upon a time in hollywood so that's a little bit hypocritical for me but i just figure i share that because i mean she's almost got a million followers on youtube and She's a little bit of a controversial figure, so but it, it just surprised me that she didn't like it. So whatever, eat a dick. Um, so do you want to get started on this review? Yeah, let's get right into it. All right. Peepy poopy pants. And we're done. See you later. There we go. Yeah. All right. So Ghostbusters, right? Released June 8th, 1984, on a budget of uh, roughly 25 to 30 million dollars and a box office intake of 295.2 million dollars. Directed by Ivan Reitman, written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. 
uh, produced by Ivan Reitman. <clears throat> Starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis. I'm going to go down to the actual Annie Potts, William Atherton and Ernie Hudson. That's the main cast. So, so uh, Reginald Bell Johnson actually does his typical uh, role in it as um, a police officer. <laughs> yeah, Sergeant Al Powell. Yeah, which I actually completely <laughs> forgot. I always forget that he makes that that little that cameo. Yeah. So yeah. Ghost, um, well, right. it's a cops, of course. A little point of yeah. interest here for you. Yeah. Uh, when they actually I I, I watched uh, there's a show on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us, where they do like a little background on some movies that that a lot of people around our age kind of hold dear to heart. In the first mm -hmm. season they did it, they did um, Home Alone, they did Ghostbusters and they did Die Hard. Um, so and on the die on the Ghostbusters one, I learned that they actually ran into some problems trying to get the name Ghostbusters because there was a, a cartoon that was owned by Universal that I mean that came out mm. in the like 60s or 70s called like the Ghostbusters. Yeah, so they I were trying about fight, this. They were trying to fight hard to get it. So like they they had a hard time um they had a hard time getting it and the the head of columbia at the time which is the company that distributed ghostbusters mm -hmm. he had left columbia while they were still trying to fight to get this uh to get to get this name so they're like all right screw it we'll just go to universal and we'll pay them for the name so we can use it well it just so happens that the head of columbia became the head of universal pictures so he was able to get that name after all. And I think he, it was sold to which he sold to Columbia for 500,000 plus 1% of the film's profits. And this movie made fucking bank. So he said, so, mm -hmm. so he made out like a bandit on this, but I, I found that really interesting. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. So, but I'll jump, uh, I'll jump right in here. All right. Peter Beckman race stands. What's that? I said, it's rock and roll. Peter Venkman, Ray Stans, and Egon Spengler are parapsychology professors at Columbia University investigating the paranormal. Following their first encounter with the ghosts manifesting at the New York Public Library, the university dean fires them and dismisses the credibility of their research. In response, they create Ghostbusters, a paranormal investigation and elimination service operating out of a disused firehouse. They develop high-tech nuclear-powered equipment to capture and contain ghosts, although business is initially slow. One of the things that I love in the movie, in this movie is how it opens up. You know, you just, you, you get the librarian who I may be wrong, but I don't think I am. She's the one who is eventually Ray Finkel's mother and Ace Ventura who said that yes. Dan Marino should die and go to hell. Little footballs. And she's a librarian. What's that? Little footballs. They little footballs. <laughs> the, um, you know, she, she's walking, she's putting books away and then, you know, all of a sudden the card catalogs start opening and cards are shooting out and great practical effects for 84. I mean, you know, you're, you're a big practical effect guy as, mm -hmm. as am I. And then she kind of, you know, she's running around this, the, the, this maze of a basement library for probably like old reference books or like out of print periodicals and such mm -hmm. and then we don't see the ghost all we see is the light and then like the wind you know blows our hair back and then we get right into that song that iconic song probably mm -hmm. i mean you you can easily make the argument that this is probably the most iconic song from any movie history 
No, I'm not. I'm not talking score. I'm talking. No, it would take like, me. It would take me a bit to probably think of something. I mean, it's right up there with you know probably Footloose. Uh, I'm all right. Kenny, if there's anything done by Kenny Loggins in the '80s, <laughs> Danger Zone, Kiss from a Rose, Danger Zone. Hey, you know what I noticed? Uh, so I'm on here on the Wikipedia page for uh, Ghostbusters, and for some reason the the picture of Annie Potts is from the '80s, and everybody else is more of a recent one. <laughs> but, but Dan Aykroyd kind of looks like Neil Diamond. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, Neil Diamond is a friend of ours. You know, forever it's in blue jeans. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna be on. Um, he's gonna be on this show soon. We should probably squeeze Man of Steel on soon. So you know, uh, maybe November to so we can have Neil on because he got kind of, he got kind of shafted when the June was a mess for me. Well, we got kind of shafted when he got Parkinson's and retired from performing, so we never got to see him live. Wow, so that's what he gets. <laughs> wow. That, that that is one concert I wish I could have seen live because yeah he does he because he does a hell of a show not our friend but the real Neil Diamond yeah oh friend probably does too we don't know mm-hmm. and we get Vankman at the at his office and clearly nobody really likes I like like any of them yeah because on the door it's, it's painted like Vankman burning hell so mm-hmm. yeah, clearly he's not a uh, good professor or he's just doing his shady shit that we see him doing where he's convincing a, a young blonde co-ed that she has psychic powers so he can clearly sleep with her. <laughs> typical, uh, Bill Murray, typical Bill Murray, uh, Bill Murray's. Hey, remember soul man? Uh, was he Thomas Howell? No, with Dan Aykroyd on ABC. Oh yes, I do. I love that show. What are you talking about? Yeah, I did too. That back. Of, uh, of course I watch it. Dan Aykroyd was a motorcycle riding priest. The fact that he drove a motorcycle alone made that show a permanent fixture at my house. You know, yeah. my mom, my my mom, the wife of a biker, still living that life, even though she's not with a biker anymore. Mm-hmm. That's all right, though. And then they, you know, they go in, they investigate those 90s the, ABC uh, shows. God, man, that's, that's going to be a future BGE episode because there's Absolutely. no way we can't talk absolutely i'm already like chopping at the bit i wanted to i want to start talking about it soon yeah maybe um, well next week's episode is planned out but maybe the following week we should uh pitch that idea to chris i that that's the one i want to bring scott on for okay scott okay all lot, right scott watched a lot of that stuff too so that's, that's true I mean, yeah. he's, he's writing our age group so he's writing the wheelhouse um okay. yeah so i when they go and they investigate in the uh in the the library and they're talking Oh, Lost George. Sorry, I was actually reading the Wikipedia page and uh, Lost George's audio for a second. Sorry, that's why there was some silence for a second. Um, so, uh, well, he's making funny hand gestures to me right now. So yeah, he's shaking his head. There, George is back, everybody. I know it's you because Kevin's computer is hardwired, hardlined. I, I, I know it's me because I get a thing that says, oh, mm. your internet connection is unstable. It's like, that's impossible, but whatever. Xfinity, they got you. They got you. Um, when Peter's asking the questions, you know, is any member of your family mentally incompetent? He's like, oh, I had an uncle who thought he was Saint Jerome. He's like, Well, that's a big yes. And then he asks her if she's menstruating. It's like, Are you menstruating right now? And the librarian's librarian's like, Oh, what does that have to do? He's like, Back off, man. 
I'm a scientist. <laughs> like clearly, Bankman does not take this shit seriously. No, he's, exactly. It's like a long. He's a hundred percent long for the ride. Like when they you know when they're down in the basement and they see the slime, it's like Bankman get a sample. It's like oh somebody blows their nose and you want to keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when they see the uh, the book stack, it's like oh symmetrical book stacking, like the Philadelphia mass turbulence of nineteen. 19- 07. So you're right. No human being would stack books like this. It's like, <laughs> listen, never. Listen, smell something. Like, the, no, no like there's little lines ever. like that. Like, there's little lines like that in the movie that make people think that, that this is a like a balls out comedy. Yeah. I mean, there's no actual jokes that are like written. No, it's very dry. It's humor. just, it's just you have three people who have some of the best comedic timing. Uh-huh. To pull off those lines and at those particular spots, yep. Especially earlier when they're walking in, and and Peter goes, "Egon, this reminds me of the time you tried to drill a hole through your head." He's like, "God, oh, that would have worked if you had stopped me." That entire line was ad libbed by was by really? Ramis. Yeah, where it's like, "That would have worked if you hadn't stopped me." That was ad libbed. Huh. You know, and they finally, you know, then they finally see they, they finally see the ghost, and they're like, "Oh, so what do we do?" And then Egon and Ray just look at each other, and then Peter's just like. He's like, oh, like, God damn it. Like, nobody has a plan. It's like, all right, what do we do? And then Egon pulls out the calculator and smacks up his hand. Stop that. <laughs> like, all right, get her. <laughs> oh, you know, they never went back and caught that ghost. No. She's still terrorizing that library, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that, so I found that, a picture. I found a recent picture of Dan Ackward. Um, that's 100% him at the end of the trailer because he, it's, it, there's a current picture of him and he's holding a glass and you can, his arm, it's his, it's definitely his arms mm-hmm. for sure. So well just wanted to confirm that everybody, if you think it's Bill Murray, you're fucking stupid. Yep. Um, they're kicked out of college, fired by the Dean who, uh, uh, just by sheer chance of me watching TV, he was the guy that was Jack's boss at the, um, at the restaurant on Three's Company, huh. like in, in, in later seasons, when Jack uh, when Jack had his own uh, restaurant, he was like he was the guy who like owned the land or like owned the restaurant that let Jack work there. Oh, okay, so, yeah, because I recognize him. I'm like, where do I know him from? I'm like, he's the fucking dean. Oh, Vince Clarissa. Fired the fire the Ghostbusters. Excuse me, I had to take a sip of juice. Uh-huh. Um, and then and then Egon or or um. Peter's like, you know, we got to go into business for ourselves because he's he's clearly looking to just get money because he knows that like this is a market to corner on. And even if he doesn't believe it, they can, you know, they can swindle people out of money and, and make a hell of a lot of dough off of it. You know, and then Ray ends up mortgaging his house. It's like, oh, my parents left me in that house. I was born there. Oh, you're not going to lose a house. Everyone has three mortgages nowadays. It's like, <laughs> boy, how, tr- how, how true is that in 2021? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> And they look at the firehouse and Peter and Egon want no part of the firehouse until Ray slides on the pole. And he's like, I, I, we should stay here the night. Is it possible? <laughs> he, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. You're a hundred percent. Ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, oh yeah. Cause we've been saying like, I don't know, do this. You're like, Hey, is this pole still work? You and you, you are a hundred percent Egon. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I didn't are. want to I mean, be that younger, but now I mean it's there. I mean, look at you. You you have glasses. Oh, that's is that the whole? Uh, and you're yeah. you're you're taller than me by a couple inches. Yeah. 
And Chris I did try to Lewis Tully. What's that? Chris can be Lewis Tully. Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. But he's Lewis. But he's Lewis Tully uh, in every scene where he's trying to. Um, <laughs> he's trying to hit on Sigourney Weaver. Except you hear that, Chris? You fucking bitch. <laughs> except in this version, Sigourney Weaver is Jason Momoa. <laughs> Jesus! Wow, that was a, a a dramatic pull away. What is this face you're doing? <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> After a paranormal encounter in her apartment, cellist Dana Barrett calls That's the right. Ghostbuster. I mean, you're not wrong. She recounts opening her refrigerator and seeing a demonic dog-like creature that utters a single word. Hey, boner. (laughs) She did not (laughs) say that. (laughs) It might (laughs) have. Oh, man. Should have. I like how it's it's like zoo, but it just just opens his mouth. It doesn't actually pronounce the word. Because clearly they were like, yeah, it's just like, okay, everybody, we need you just to open up the dog's mouth. And somebody's gonna uh, voice over the work, and you hear like Ray, uh, Dan Ackwards over there is like, he's like, well, guys, I'll do it, I'll do it. And it's like, zoom, <laughs> like when uh, they redid the uh, the Shockmaster in WWE, and then they had fucking uh, Arn Anderson, had Arn Anderson doing-, <laughs> doing the voiceover. Maybe it was Arn Anderson saying Zool. We don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh, God, that's a good cut. That out. It's a cut it. Cut it. It's my director's uh, if, voice. It's my director's voice, can, everybody. I need, I need a vest know, with tons of pockets. If you can only know what that sounds like on my end, you, yeah. you're going to die when you listen to the playback. Because oh, it sounds because it sounds dead on. <laughs> like, yeah. What, a Fantastic. director through a megaphone? Yeah, I mean, like, you sound like how Hollywood have a director sound if he's, like, <laughs> yelling on the soundstage through one of those, uh, <clears throat> like, 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 giant Vuvuzela. Uh, Vuv- 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 <laughs> Who? I can't, I can't say the fucking word. Yeah, those things that they fucking do at the soccer games that they fucking blow and they make all the goddamn noise. You know, you, 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 you just... Oh, yeah, that thing? <laughs> yeah. That are you sure? Did you ever do? How about did you don't? Oh, everybody, it's so far. <laughs> oh, sorry, we're just Ray, too dark loud. Ray and Egon <laughs> research Zool while Venkman offers to inspect Dana's apartment in a failed attempt to seduce her. <laughs> I make fart noises with my mouth. <laughs> The Ghostbuster hides to remove a gluttonous ghost from the Sedgwick Hotel. Having failed properly to pre-test their equipment, Egon warns the group to never cross the energy streams of the proton packs, as it could cause a catastrophic explosion. They capture the ghost and deposit it in a containment unit in a firehouse. Supernatural activity rapidly increases across the city, and the Ghostbusters become famous for their exploits. They hire a fourth member, Winston Zedmore, to cope with the growing demand. Um, you're right there. It's kind of vibing. Yeah. 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 One of the things I love, and we didn't talk about the first one, is when, uh, as when Ray gets the car, he's like, everybody can relax. I got the car. It's like, and then he's like, oh, it just needs, uh, uh, brakes, brake work, 
uh, shock struts, wool wiring. It's like, oh, how much? Only 4800 And you can see, like, Bankman's face drop because he found out he got hosed on a fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's like, oh, these are the ghost. When, when Dana shows up, it's like, oh, these are the Ghostbusters. And Janine said, like, yes, can I help you? And then Bankman hears a woman's voice. It immediately shoots up and jumps over the, uh, jumps over his little dividing wall. It's like, oh, I'm Peter Bankman. Can I help you? Hmm. <laughs> like, clearly just he heard a female voice and had to like pop up and his his boner basically took him over to dana uh-huh. i mean she came in and spoke and he was like hey boner <laughs> hey boner hey now so they you know they, they research is like oh i'll take miss barrett back to her apartment and check her out uh-huh. i'll check out miss barrett's apartment no, the uh, the eggs flopped on the counter. You know, he's going through a fridge. You actually eat this stuff? <laughs> and the, he, eggs? He's what is this? He's, pull, he, he's pulling every trick out of the book to, like, get her to fall for him. And she's yeah. like, you seem like a game show host. Like, I've got it. I'll prove myself to you. You'll be saying, hey, Pete Bankman's a guy who can get things done. Mm-hmm. I wonder what makes him tick. I wonder if he'd be interested in what made me tick. <laughs> I bet you'll be thinking about me when I'm gone. Why don't you try that? That might work hmm. in your next uh, conquest. Yeah, maybe. Walk away and be like, I've got it. Oh. I'll prove myself to you. Mm-hmm. And- uh oh. We've lost George again. <laughs> He's still talking. He doesn't even, he doesn't even realize it. It's just like, oh, uh, George. Could you talk a little bit louder? Could you talk a little louder? So, so glad. I oh, caught it. Caught it. Xfinity to have the best Bean. in Wi Fi. And the. Scene 50, take, take five. Action. This is going to be a. Oh, thing no, no, that was a good one. Try it out. Go. Somebody call lunch. <laughs> Guys, guys, what were you quoting? You just yelled, "Guys!" <laughs> just fucking quoting Scrooge. Yeah. Okay. I was actually. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking continue. Yeah. So they're going to the <laughs> Cedric and Slimer is there doing Slimer shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we see when you freeze like that, it makes me think that I went back out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Slimer was apparently supposed to be based off of John Belushi. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, oof. I mean, oof. Oof, oof size large. So what you're saying is John Belushi was originally supposed to be Peter Venkman, and when he died, they were like, hey, it's turned into a green ghost. And they're like, uh, yeah. Yeah. It works for yeah. me. It works for me. And then, and then we get a nice little montage there of them uh, going around. We don't actually see them catching ghosts. It's more or less them just running through the streets. And then you see the newspaper clippings. And, you, you know, we, we get that Larry King voiceover from his radio show. Yep. And then we get Casey Kasem doing the, uh, you know, as he talks about the ghost. Hi, everybody. Voice. I'm Casey Kasem. And welcome back to America. What 100. is that voice? Except not Casey Kasem. <laughs> I can't do Casey Kasem. God damn it. Hi, I'm Casey Kasem. Yeah, it's not bad. Back to, back to the countdown. No, no, that wasn't bad. It started off pretty good. It's not as good as your Regis, though. Yeah. Well, my Regis, I'll tell you, my, 
Hoot Regis is on a whole other level. I was talking oh, about you're a Hoot Regis. <laughs> I said, <laughs> ah, thanks, Gelman. Thank you, Gelman. <laughs> ah, oh, you're the best. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and this is how you go off the rails. Absolutely. Fantastic. You know what? I don't Fantastic. care what anybody says, Chris. Yeah. Why do you eat yeah, my dick? Chris. Fuck you. Chris hates Chris, Chris is like, I want to do 15 minute podcasts and that's it. I'm just going to say hi. It's going to be 10 minutes. You guys making fun of me and I'm going to run away like a little sissy. I'm going to cry <laughs> to my Jason Momoa pillow. <laughs> Jesus. Are you He's just gonna... sitting on that? Get... You had that in your pocket just ready to go? I hear the front one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the like shirt that... has no pockets. <laughs> It was like that uh, that Nicholas Cage pillow that Kevin acquired somehow, and then gave to me. You mean you mean the best pillow? That's right. <laughs> Fuck you, Chris. Jesus, Chris, I still love you. <laughs> I'll put a text him right now. Like, hey, I'm eviscerating you on this podcast. <laughs> he's gonna be, and he's gonna be like, I'm not surprised. Suspicious of their operation, Environmental Protection Agency Inspector Walter Peck asked to evaluate their equipment, but it is rebuffed by Vankman. Later, Egon warns that the containment unit is near capacity and dangerous surges of psychokinetic energy, PKE, indicates that the city has turned into a supernatural hot spot. Hot spot. Vankman meets with Dana and informs her Zul was a demigod worshipped by a servant to Gozer the Gozerian, a shape-shifting god of destruction. When Dana returns home, she is possessed by Zul, a similar entity possessed her neighbor, Louis Tully. Vankman arrives and finds a possessed Dana Zul, claiming to be the gatekeeper. Louis is brought to Egon by police officers and claims he is Vince Clortho, the keymaster. The Ghostbusters agree to keep the pair separated. That's a very... I mean, I... As the movie starts to ramp up and we see that there's kind of an actual plot to it. Like there's an actual story. It's not just them going and catching ghosts. There's this, you know, th- there's this big, uh, this big enchilada, if you will. And Egon's, you know, you know all, all this energy is pointed to something very, very, very big on the horizon. They don't know what it is. Dana's apartment building is clearly experiencing some, uh, Phenomena, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. as the as one of the I guess they call them devil dogs. I'm not sure what they're. We'll, we'll just call them uh, Gozer's pets. Gozer's little pets. Mm-hmm. Um, she's possessed by Zul, who uh, who possesses her in her apartment when she's getting ready for her date with Bankman and Lewis, who's having a party for accountants for his uh for his clients. He's an accountant overall across the hall and you can see he like even though he's probably pretty well off I mean, he lives in he's got a high-rise apartment in in new york city like around like around central park west you know, i'm sure that's a i don't know what the rent is on an apartment like that but i know i can't afford it Mm-mm. and you can't afford it Mm-mm. but he does very well for himself but he's still like doing like cost-cutting measures like oh have you tried the salmon i get it fresh from nova scotia actually i got it as a tax write-off that's why i invited clients instead of friends like <laughs> like, like he's like he's still like you know going around he's, he's just still like throwing a party but it's all just for his clients like yep. not his friends although to be fair does lewis even have any friends because like, this is before he meets the ghostbusters so he um, may not have any friends yeah i don't know 
I mean, maybe Dana, he wants Dana to be his friend. She's just nice to him because it's like, oh, well, yeah, Lewis, you're, uh, you're doing, you're doing good. And he runs out of the apartment and ends up going into the park and ends up at tavern, ends up at tavern on the green, banging on the glass. And people stop and look at him and then immediately go back to their food. Like, well done. Well done. And Vankman arrives and Dana is a result. It's like, are you the key master? And he's like, not, not that I know of. And she just slams the door in his face. You, you good? You still there? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, receiving? yeah. I'm... Dana? No, you're you're vibing, you're vibing. Yeah, I was the, posting um, the uh, I was posting a, a picture on inst- on my Instagram story about us recording. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, I have to belch for a minute. It's great. George has to poop his pants, as they would say. And I'm back. And I'm back. I, just, I didn't want to do that on the air. He won. Yeah, he wanted the poop in his pants. Yeah, I did it just real quick, right in my pants. Oh man, Chris, come on. Yeah, well. New friends. He's break. He's breaking my heart over here. Well, yes, yeah. I love you. He's gonna cry in that Jason Momoa pillow. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason Momoa's gonna be like, "Hey, dude, come here and suck on my nipple for a little bit." Chris, what the hell? <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> he's gonna love this. I don't care yeah, what anybody yeah. says. He's gonna die laughing. That's right. <laughs> I love when Lewis as Vince goes up to the horse and he's like, are you the gatekeeper? And it's like, God, we wait for the sign. All of our prisoners will be released. And then they're <sighs> you know, taken to the Ghostbusters. And they think he, and, and he has got like that thing that lets him check a skull. And it's clearly, he's got like the demon. You see yeah. like the demon dog on yep. the screen. So, it's like, oh, do you want some coffee, Mr. Tully? Do I? Yes. Have some. Yes. Have some. <laughs> see, it, it, it's, it's, it's subtle humor like that that makes 80s humor and even 70s humor just amazing. It's not in your face. It's not a dick joke. It's not a fart joke. It's just dry, intelligent humor. It's not somebody like basically sitting you down and telling you the punchline to your face. Yep. Like, oh, I'm talking about his penis. Like, that's like, you know, there, there's none of that. It's just little quips. That are just perfectly timed and done by the right people. Yep. You know, all of them, uh, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, um, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray all had their start in some sort of sketch comedy or comedy troupe. You know, obviously Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray were on Saturday Night Live. Harold Ramis, I believe, was part of Second City and uh, as was Rick Moranis. If I'm not mistaken, I'm probably wrong on that, but I mean, it's, these are all people who are, what do you got? What do you got? Dean? What happened? Whoa. What do you got? Whoa. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Breaking news? I don't know if it's breaking, but I'm, this is the first I'm hearing about it. They are making Disney is making a Disney Plus exclusive movie directed by Joe Johnston as a sequel to the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids franchise starring Rick fucking Moranis. Oh, my God. He's finally coming out of retirement. Mm -hmm. This is uh, 
You know what? This is the perfect podcast to announce that on too. Yeah. As we're talking, well, I, as clicked, we're- I clicked on his Wikipedia page and mm-hmm. it showed that it said that after 23 years of, of basically retirement that he's coming back to star in this movie. It's just a real shame it's not getting a theatrical release, though. That, I mean, hey, it's. I'm just happy that we're going to get Rick Moranis back on the big screen. Yeah. I mean, he's not listed for Ghostbusters Afterlife, so he very well could be a cameo that no, that no one has listed. Yeah, you never know. I mean, that. I mean, I mean imagine I watch the movie and all of a sudden he comes as Lewis Tully. I'd probably just start crying right there. Yeah, Josh Gad is playing his son. Oh, Christ, Josh Gad. Oh, I mean, that's fine. Oh, okay. But the guy who plays his son was still acting. I don't... Uh, but well, whatever, whatever. No, they're going with a name. No, that guy retired in 1994. Oh, because he was in Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I'm happy and I'm okay with it. And it's Joe Johnson, the uh, the man that we once called the heir apparent. He did. Well, he did the original. Did he do the original? Yes, he did. Wow. Did he do, did he do the sequel? No, that was Randall Kleiser. Oh, I did not know he did the original. I hope there's a tribute to Stuart Gordon. I thought Stuart Gordon directed the original. He wrote it, he wrote right? It. He wrote it, yeah. Okay. I, I'm sure there would be a nice little tribute to him. I, I can't see them not doing anything for him. All right, mm-hmm. let me get back to this. Peck returns with law enforcement and city workers oh. had the Ghostbusters arrested and their containment unit deactivated causing an explosion that releases the captured ghost. Louis Vins escapes in the confusion and makes his way to the apartment building to join Dana. In jail, Ray and Egon reveal Dana's building was designed by Evo Shandor, leader of a Gozer-worshipping cult, to function as an antenna powered by concentrated spiritual energy to summon Gozer and bring about the apocalypse. Faced with supernatural crisis in the city, Ghostbusters convinced the mayor to release them. One thing I we, I want to mention is uh, why did Bankman have that drug on him when he thought he was no going idea. on a date with Dana? I have no idea. Like, did he just happen to have Thorazine on him? Like, oh, I guess I have a reason to use this. I guess he didn't so. know she was possessed. Yeah. <laughs> but either way. Uh, yeah, so Peck, who played play by a uh, great 80s asshole william atherton yeah who we some say the best 80s asshole yeah we'll we'll see him again in uh die hard one and two he's fantastic Fantastic. basically basically. it was like he quit the epa and uh and became a reporter in los angeles yeah plus he also he still he reprised the role in a video game too as peck Oh yeah, he did. So, he was also yeah. I think he also did the voice for the Die Hard video game too. Probably. I I can't see why you wouldn't get him. I mean, he's got a he's a hell of a he, hell of an actor, that guy, William yep. Atherton. Um yeah, so he basically forces them to close down and shut down the containment. We get that shot of the ghost breaking out, which that's ILM as per usual. Mm-hmm. And the and kind of the infancy of ILM. I mean, as some of those effects look, they still look very well. Yeah. You know, what do I mean? Thirty-seven years right. later. Yeah, roughly. Still, they still look. They still hold up. Uh now obviously they end up 
in jail. It's I'm assuming that Dana and Lewis fucked, and that's what opened up the door to the roof to uh to Gozer. That's possible. That could be it. I mean, a key master and a gatekeeper. A, a key does one thing to a gate. So yeah, that's true. You insert it. Insert numerous times. Here. Insert dick here. And then uh, that meeting with the mayor is fantastic, as as always. A guy, where's this peck? He was a guy. These men cause explosions. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> I might that honestly. That might be my favorite line from the movie. Um, mine is what Winston says later when. He starts talking. He's like, "Oh, I've I've only been with the group a couple of weeks, but this shit is real. It's like since I've joined them, I have seen shit that I'll turn you white." <laughs> like, or you can believe Mr. Pecker. My name is Peck. Fantastic, fantastic. But yeah, um, going back, we get that scene where Ray is in Ecto One with Winston, and they're driving around, and Ray's, you know, he's got the blueprints to Dana Barrett's apartment, and he sees that something's up, and then him and Winston start talking about uh, start talking about Jesus in the Bible, hmm. and Ray is a bit of a skeptic, as you would as you would probably assume he would be. He's more science based. Now, if he can't see it or like touch it, he may or may not believe it. And obviously, Winston is a believer. He's he, he's he's obviously a Christian. He's talking about you know like the end times. Then Ray's like, oh, I remember, I remember Revelation seven twelve, which you now I I found out now thirty seven years later that's not Revelation seven twelve, it's Revelation six twelve, where he talks about you know the apocalypse. It's like, oh, well, every religion has their own myth to the end of the world. And Winston's like, what do you mean myth? Like, it's like maybe the reason we've been so busy lately is because the dead have been rising from the grave. Mm. You no, know, and it makes sense to Ray. And he's like, maybe we should put on a little music. You know, as, as any skeptic would do when he's being proven wrong. It's like, oh, let's let's divert the topic and turn on this generic rock music. Yep. Uh, let me go right here on the end. The Ghostbusters travel to the apartment building roof as Dana and Lewis open the gate between dimensions and transform into terror dogs. Gozer appears in the form of a woman and attacks the Ghostbusters, then disappears when they attempt to retaliate. Her disembodied voice demands that Ghostbusters choose the form of the Destructor. Ray inadvertently recalls a beloved corporate mascot from his childhood and goes or reappears in a form an over a hundred foot tall state of marshmallow man that begins destroying the city. Against his earlier advice, Egon instructs the team cross their proton energy streams at the dimensional gate. The resulting explosion destroys Gozer's avatar, banishing it back to its dimension and closes the gateway. The Ghostbusters rescue Dana and Lewis from the wreckage and are welcomed on the street as heroes. Finn. Uh, everything about the entire third act of this movie is is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I mean, you would agree the the, the the whole movie is great, but this whole third act is just, I think it's flawless. From the minute mm-hmm. they leave, or, or actually, we from the minute they get to the mayor's office, like right up to the end of the movie. <clears throat> I agree. I, I I think it's all well done. Mm-hmm. You know, when they show up at the building, they get out, and and Venkman is just playing to the crowd, just hamming it up. To go, hello, New York. That's there. Ray stands, the heart of the Ghostbusters. They love you here. They love you here. <laughs> Fantastic. No, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. And then they're taking the stairs, and it's like, oh, what, what, what floor we don't think we're somewhere in the teens? Oh, well, let me know when we get to 20. I'm going to throw up. 
Yeah. And then oh, when yeah. they get to the floor, then Egon's like, oh, Art Deco, very nice. <laughs> now, yeah, I um, I would say probably um, the third act. I'm going to say, you know, my favorite part of the movie is probably in the third act, honestly. Mm-hmm. My favorite line in the movie is, um, yes, it's true. This man has no penis or this man has no yeah. dick. But yeah. um, I, I'm almost positive my favorite scene is in the third act. The um, one of the little subtle things that we get in the movie is when they fight is when they see the stairs that go up to the roof, and then they're like, and they start going towards them, and the lightning strikes, and Venkman stops. He's like, "All right, go ahead, go ahead," and like makes everyone go in front of him. Yeah, and they're just like, like little subtle shit like that that just always cracks me up. Yeah, me too. And once they get up, and they're they obviously can't take out Gozer, disappears. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no. at no point were they ever thought that Gozer could read their thoughts and make something else appear. Yeah. Huh. All right. Yeah, I was hearing. Uh, I thought I heard the whistling from the beginning of Kill Bill. Yeah, maybe it's in my head, um, which is entirely possible. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, you know, it's like the, the the choice has been chosen. Oh, nobody chose anything. Choose? And then Ray's just kind of backing away. And then Ray's kind of just backing away. It's like I couldn't help it. it; just popped in there. What? What just popped in there? I mean, the Marshall Man is so fucking iconic. Oh yeah. I mean, so much that we're getting him, you know, in like mini form in the new movie. Yeah, I'm excited to. Uh, I'm excited to see what that's going to be like with those those little guys. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And they're attacking Paul Rudd, so it's it's going to be great. Probably going to be. It's probably going to be funny on top. Hey. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Hey, say it again. <laughs> look at us. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. And then Egon's like, hey, we should cross the streams. It's like, ah, you said crossing the streams is bad. Like, You're going to danger us. And the woman, the nice, the nice lady who paid us in advance before she turned into a dog. Said, nah, there's a very slim chance we'll survive. Then Rice, or, uh, Peter slaps right in the face. Like, I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. And then they cross the streams. The marshmallow explodes, and a bunch of uh, marshmallow falls on top of Peck. To come falls everywhere. To come. Maybe that, cl- that was the collective jizz of the audience. It's just so funny that when the when uh, um, Stay Puff Marshmallow exploded, then. All of uh, all of his nut went everywhere. Chris's face was there to catch it all. <laughs> <laughs> My God! <laughs> Whoops. And the funny thing is that, is that is that Chris is sitting there and he's like, you know, none of the stuff ever happened in my town. And then Peck is like, mm-hmm. well, maybe you shouldn't be living here. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That was that was uh. Yeah. You just gonna hold that note? Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. This is this is insanity. I don't even know what I'm looking at. Right now. <laughs> I was trying to trick you <laughs> to think uh, no. eyes froze. No. Uh, surprisingly, that didn't work. Um, 
So out of ten, we're at out of ten. Oh, it's a ten. It's a ten. Yeah, it's a There's total. No it's, it's it's one of the. It's, no I mean, I I it, I think it's one of the greatest comedies of all time. I mean, the funny thing is, it's actually not my favorite Bill Murray movie, but it's mm-hmm. um it's damn near up there. I mean, Caddyshack's my favorite Bill Murray movie. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's up there. It's hard not to put this in number one if you're if you're talking about Bill Murray, you know. Um, right. But no, I I it's absolutely a ten out of ten. It's one of my all time favorite movies. Um. What so you is your, it a 10? Is, 10, right? Yeah, I give it a 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is your favorite scene just the entire third act? No, uh, it's... Um, yeah. I drew a fucking blank. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to say my favorite scene. Good. I actually like uh, when they're in the jail. And they're, and, they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're explaining everything and they're like, oh, the... You know, the building was designed, you know, the the, uh, the metal girders have cores of pure selenium. And Venkman's like, ah, so I guess they don't make them like they used to anymore. And Ray's like, no, they never made them like this. Yeah. And he's, and he's explaining everything. Like when he's got the yeah, while everyone's like over their shoulder and they're just like, all right. And he just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, like, and then after Egon's like, you know, you know, who r- ritual designed to bring about the end of the world, and it looks like it may actually happen. And they're all sitting there, and Venkman just goes, So be good for goodness sake. Yeah. Whoa, somebody's coming. Like, clearly, together, massive yeah. <laughs> like, clearly, just way off the reservation. Mm-hmm. Completely. Uh, like, I mean, but that's, but that's the thing, though. You need, you need a guy like Venkman. Otherwise, it just becomes like a boring scientist movie. You need him making it fun. He's keeping everybody in. That's right. That's right. That wasn't even a plan. That wasn't even one of those uh, goofy that's rights that for some reason makes Chris die every time I say it. But that was me agreeing with you. That was me agreeing with you. He loves it. He loves it. Loves it. So uh, you want to get in? You want to? Sorry. You want to get into Motu there, uh, Dark Side? You know, I forgot to ask you a question at the beginning of this. When did you first see this movie? Oh, shit. I don't even know. Um, I know I saw the second one first mm-hmm. because we had it on tape. But it was one of those movies that I watched it young, and it's just always been a part of my life. Mine too. I, I assume you're probably the same way. Um, yeah. I, 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 this movie is one of the pillars. I, I, you know how I always talk about there's the pillars of my, of, like my pop culture foundation? This is one of those pillars because I remember I remember being a Ghostbuster for Halloween one year. Maybe not have been Halloween, but I had the I remember I had the toy uh, proton pack um, and I was living with my at my great grandmother's house and my parents moved into their house now in 91. So this is pre 91 at some point, 89, maybe 88, something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, this movie, like I always say, there's like there's those few movies, those foundations It's back to the future. It's this RoboCop um dark man and like the flash tv show that's dark like man. yeah dude i love the first dark man movie but like that's like everything is built builds off of those like three those like four things you know and it's just like you know it everything just grows off of that and then you add in you know indiana jones and all the other great stuff you know, i may have to stuff. trace it back a little further because i'm pretty sure i might have actually seen the cartoon before i saw any of the movies mm. yeah i remember watching because that cartoon I mean, that, that cartoon shit. I mean, it still holds. 
it still holds. And you were what? I think you found it this year. Arsenio Hall was the voice of uh, Winston the entire time. Yeah, I had no idea. I legitimately had no idea. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it's this is this is a movie that um um it's it's been there from the beginning. Yeah, I mean the, so. the this is a franchise that um that people like you and me and we know. I'm sure Chris does as well. We know our buddy Eric definitely holds this holds this movie and this franchise mm-hmm. so near and dear to their hearts because it was. I mean, it, it was it was a staple, as you said. Yeah. It was one of the pillars. I actually, want to um, I want to uh, put something out there. Uh, kind of want to apologize to Eric because I remember we had mentioned to have him on when we were going to do Ghostbusters, but this was kind of a last minute thing. Um, and you know, he's got kids and stuff like that, so yeah. we'll uh, we'll get him on for something else one day. I don't think we even knew by the time Saturday rolled around when we went to Red Bank. Exactly. This was <laughs> this was such a last minute, like, hey, let's just do this type of this thing. This was so. a shit. We forgot to schedule something for August first. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So we'll get we'll get Eric if you're not listening, because I'm sure you're not. Uh, um, <laughs> we'll get you on for something else. Maybe I don't know, My yeah. Little Pony or something like that. What the fuck? <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> ironically i will be absent from that podcast when you <laughs> so will i so weird chris so, you um, can fill in for us on that one <laughs> bitch. um jesus christ i said it said this it poor guy anyway chris knows i love him in yeah. a gay way um <laughs> so let's uh let's start let's start winding this baby down um for uh mo yeah and um, so there was, we had five episodes as part one of season, I guess season one. Um, I guess part one, they might be calling it. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's part one of season one and then part two drops. Yeah, because it's already been picked up for a second season. So and then part two of season one drops, I think they said in October. So um, there's, you know, like I said, five episodes, about 25 to 30 minutes each. George, what, did, what were your thoughts on these uh, five episodes? Um, I'll tell you, I went into this kind of um, new. I didn't know too much of He-Man. I never watched He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I was a little, I think by the time that, by, by the time that was at its peak in 83, 84, I wasn't even born. You weren't even born. Um, so I, it wasn't something that I watched. I, I was aware of it, but I wasn't too into it. Like the, the, the only connection i had to he-man was the movie master of the universe with dolph Lundgren when he was I like He-Man. That movie. and frank langella was and frank langella was the voice of uh skeletor yeah i like that so movie. i didn't have i didn't have something to go off of when i jumped into this i basically yeah. was like you know what let's see it you know i'm i'm hearing some i'm i'm hearing good things i'm hearing people bitching about it being woke but that just seems to be that's the gatekeepers trying to do their best to say this is mine and you can't have it. Yeah, seriously. But you know, I I do enjoy Kevin Smith stuff, some of Kevin Smith stuff. Well, his stuff in the Viewisk universe I think is really good. Yeah. Well, when he goes outside of it, you no know, Tusk and Yoga Hoser. Hey, I'm, check out I'm, um I'm check out, out the Jane Simon Bob reboot. Kevin and I watched it the other day. It was actually good. Well, that's part of that universe. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, I like everything in the Viewisk universe. Yeah. Um, you know. Which is most of his movies. I think there's only like four movies that aren't actually in that universe that he made. Yeah, I think like Tusk, Red State, um, Jersey Zach, Girl, Zach and Mary make a porno. Zach and Mary make a porno. Which I do like. I that. mean, I, th- 
Um, I like that too, but I have a that, that's a that's an all fair story. I'll tell you for that one because he didn't write a, that though. He only directed it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have Oof. a I have a I have a not PG story about that. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you all fair. All right. Um, I don't want to corrupt any of our listeners. Yeah. I don't want to corrupt. I us. um I really liked this show. Yeah, I think the animation is, is fantastic. Uh, very, yeah. very reminiscent of uh, the previous um, universe um, of of the DC animated series. They've changed up their animation a little bit. It's kind of hit and miss now. Um, but this is very reminiscent of that. Um, so I really like that. And listen, this show has made me a fan of the franchise. I've always liked the artwork for Motu. But it's actually made me a fan of the franchise. I went and bought a couple of those new. Um, God, I can't remember what they're. I can't remember the actual line of um, toys that, that they put out to coincide with this show. Um, so I, I grabbed the, uh, you know, He Man, Skeletor, Skelegod, um, and Evil Lynn. Um, I'm gonna take them out of the package. I just don't know where I'm gonna put them yet. Um, yeah. But but again, it, it's it's um, it's made me a, a fan. And I'm really excited for the second season, uh, second part of the season. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's. Yeah. So let me uh, let me ask you this. Let me, ask. Uh, let me ask. What do you think about the voice cast? I think it's fantastic. I mean, shit. You already sold me with Mark Hamill as the voice of Skeletor. Yeah. I'm catching his hand in his pocket. Mm-hmm. This guy. Um, the. I'm getting some Joker vibes out of it, oh, yeah. but that's but that's fine. And I like the I like the overarching or overarching story that's involved with it. I mean, the, those of you who are listening, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll do. I mean, there's going to be a bit of spoilers, but I'm not going to spoil anything huge. Basically, the long and short of it is because of a battle between He Man and Skeletor at Castle Grayskull, Eternia loses its magic. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and Tila is kind of on this quest to find the, um, the sword was split in half. So she's finding the two piece of the sword to get it forged back together so they can mm-hmm. bring the magic back to Eternia. And it's, it's very well done. The characters, um, I'm already, I'm already invested in them. I mean, I was already aware of some of them. I was aware of Tila and He-Man and Master and, uh, not Master Arms, uh, Man-at-Arms, Orko. Uh, Evil in Skeletor, Beast Man, like these are these are characters I kind of already knew, just from just just from pop culture alone. That's like, right, like they're staples of pop culture. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I I went into this fresh, mm-hmm. and I As was not I. disappointed. As did I. I so mean, I I had no real ties to the franchise, like like much like you. The movies really the only thing I had. I've seen a little bit of the cartoon. I wasn't impressed by it, and didn't like. I don't really like that older style of animation. I I think it's just. It doesn't do anything for me because animation is so good now. I go back. It means even hard for me to watch like the Flintstones and the Jetsons and stuff like that, just because that's it's just so. I don't know. Not subpar way, because Flint, it, it was great. The uh, the Flintstones and the Jetsons are on HBO Max. I just found out. Hmm. Nice. Um, yeah. um, but I mean, as far as I think our generation is concerned, if we didn't grow up with He Man, the only ties we have to it is that damn video of He Man singing "What's Up" by Four <laughs> <Blondes. laughs> Yeah, probably. I mean, that's 
that's probably that's kind of been our that's kind of been our ties to it that's right but i thought it was really well done but let's talk about real quick before we end before we end this i want to talk about the supposed wokeness why do you think that people are screaming woke from the highest hill they can find because they're sexist the show is not it's not the tila show as these little dick energy basement dwelling cuckolds fucking like to say um it's the whole show is about what happened with he-man he is very much in everything and it sucks that kevin smith had to come out and go no no guys there's a giant battle between he-man and skeletor at the second half of the season because so many fucking pussies like jeremy from geeks and gamers and gary from fucking neurotic and that fat piece of shit tom connors from midnight's edge ripping a fucking poster open on a fucking live stream getting into a fucking twitter fight with me on twitter and i called him a fat fuck to his face well as close to your face as you're gonna get on on twitter and i'll say i'll say it to his fucking face i'll fucking put his ass in the fucking ground i don't give a shit fuck him it's and to to, to go with you said it's the sorry i I went on a rant there for a second yeah i mean it's it's the the sexist the the sexism that they're trying to um that they're trying to subdue yeah you know you know, oh, you know, why would they have Teal as the main character? First off, this show is called Masters of the Universe Revelation. It's not called He-Man and Masters of the Universe, which is what the original cartoon was called, where yeah. it was He-Man and then everyone else around him. This is this is literally everybody else that's involved with it. But He-Man's still Man the at main Arms character. Is, yeah, Man at Arms is heavily featured, but no one's bitching about the fact that he that he's shown so much they're complaining because it's tila and her friend andrew who were basically doing the quest hey do you know who did and the voice of merman it was uh it was kevin conroy that's right i know that voice mm-hmm. like anywhere and I the funny thing i want and the funny thing i want to bring us up to is when when they do that flashback to where Skeletor and Merman are together on the boat. Skeletor says, like, oh, it's an unholy alliance. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That's a, that's a Joker and Batman team. That's up. right. That's You're right. telling me nothing. Fantastic. And yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm in on it. So, I mean, it's to, to go back to these uh, pain in the ass fucking people, they're all gatekeepers. Every single one of them. They think that He-Man is theirs because they're in their 40s and they grew up with it. And how dare you make something that changes and, you know, screw you and you know nothing. And I'm going to tear up this this clerk's poster because I'm mad at Kevin Smith. <laughs> Let me tell you something, dude. Kevin Smith already got the royal, already got the royalties from that poster. So mm-hmm. you ain't hurting his wallet any. Ooh, so one person from Midnight's Edge isn't going to follow Kevin Smith anymore Fuck you'll be how, back how's your cancel you'll, disney plus fucking thing going huh yeah they'll be back they'll all be back all these people who were like oh cancel disney plus after you know after the fucking mandalorian they were all watching wandavision falcon and winter soldier and loki every single one of them so clearly you it wasn't canceling disney plus you were just pissing and griping and and throwing a bitch fit because some D-level actress who had the same thoughts and opinions you did got fired from a show because she couldn't stop posting shit on social media after she was told not to. Oh, she's a she's an upstanding woman. She might be, but she was told not to do something and she continued doing it. That's right. If your dog keeps shitting on the floor, you're gonna smack him on the nose. Yeah. (laughs) So sorry. So I say 
Get over whatever you think your gatekeeping is. There's nothing woke about the show. They're not forcing feminism down your throat. Just enjoy the show for what it is and enjoy the story. And if you don't like it, then don't watch it and don't bitch about it and try to sway other people from watching it. Let people enjoy things, which is funny me saying that because for years I was bitching about the Star Wars, uh, uh, about the Star Wars sequels. Now I just kind of don't care one way or the other. But, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, these people are, I mean, there's always something that they're going to bitch about. So, so, yeah, go watch Space Jam A New Legacy if you want something. Um, no, but I'm excited for, I actually just bought, I was literally, as you were, as you were ranting, I went on eBay and bought mm-hmm. the uh, poster for, for the show. Nice. Make sure you tear it up on your live stream so people know you're, you're mad and you mean no, I, I, won't, I won't be doing that. Uh, this one, George, I'll show you. Well, because I got the, to, um, I got the, I got the figures. I figure it'll, it'll look good together. Mm-hmm. All right. To be fair, Tom Connors was probably mad because his mom was late bringing down hot pockets, <laughs> and he was hungry now, and you know, he, he ran out of Mountain Dew Zero. It's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. It came out with a Scareglow that I missed the fucking purchase for. Dude, and Tony Todd voicing Scareglow. I didn't know it was him at first. I thought it was Mark Hamill again. Oh, I know. I mean, I've heard that Tony Todd voice for years. I mean, yeah. as as soon as he saw it, I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah. I was like, that's I'm actually I'm gonna go back that's and watch perfect. it again this week. I'm gonna move to watch it. I wouldn't mind getting another uh like Batman animated show and have him voice Scarecrow because he because if if he does it in the same vein as Scareglow, I mean shit, that's that's right. That's right. So um let's wind this down. Um mm-hmm. We'll see if I can catch the end of the Phillies game, but you know, we've been going for a little over an hour. Yeah. Um, so, uh, George, mm-hmm. since we're both, you know, we're less than 48 hours away of seeing the Suicide Squad, I want to get your final thoughts leading into the movie. What are your expectations for it? Listen, I don't, I don't have high expectations, but I should, because from what I've been hearing, um, this is James Gunn's story from beginning, middle, and end. This isn't uh, a Warner Brothers coming in with their giant soup and, you know, with, with the giant soup spoon and uh, pulling out key scenes. So <laughs> I'm j- it's just, as we've said before, it's hard to get excited over anything DC related, knowing what Warner Brothers has done in the past yeah. with their track record. But uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. I like James Gunn. I like the entire cast. Uh, John Cena. Oh, we lost George. He was about to start talking about John Cena and how perfect he is cast in the role of Peacemaker, because I also agree on that. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's still sitting in silence. I'm trying to I'm trying to kill some time. But yeah, um, I'm back. Uh, George yeah, is back. back. George is back. Here. Yeah, I was saying uh, John, John Cena showing up at all the press junkets and everything, and his Peacemaker outfit is you know he concerned how everybody that's involved with the film is really excited for it and kind of makes me excited for it. Yeah. So. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm slowly getting on board with it. And it was, it's mainly because I just don't think the trailers are that good. So it wasn't like I was, my interest was peaked because of the cast. And of course, James Gunn and the trailers just haven't, they haven't done anything for me. Um, and it's, it's not that it's hindered my excitement, but it's just like, oh, I'm not really, I'm not wowed by anything I saw, but I'm hearing good things. Um, and you know, I went out and bought a Peacemaker shirt. Uh, I actually read. I'm reading the current Suicide Squad comic, 
So, and it's, it's very good. Um, so I'm excited for it. And I, George, yeah. you'll be, you'll be about 30 minutes ahead of me. Um, mm-hmm. So, and we'll have to figure out when exactly to record. Cause I'll be at the Phillies games all weekend. So we might have to record on Sunday, like in the evening. Cause that get that's a one o'clock game. Okay. So um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll figure out something else. I'm sure we have, we already did big energy for this week. I'm sure there's a hot tag podcast Chris is going to want to do, and then we should probably figure out when we're going to do bond as well. Yeah. Um, so. Maybe what we'll do is after we see it, each of us will put up a, uh, maybe an Instagram, uh, maybe like an IGTV video yeah. saying what we think of the, uh, of the movie. Yeah. And then and like said, we'll record on, on, we'll record Sunday evening. We could probably do both podcasts Sunday once I'm done, you know, after the game and I, you know, I eat my fat burrito and stuff like that, you know, we got the evening. It's not like I'm going to be out late, you know, so. Yeah. But, um, all right, everybody. Um, we'll see you Sunday because I'm going to post this tonight. Well, I'll do it tonight. I'll, I'll do it when I get done here. Um, we'll just, we'll just post it tonight. Unless you, unless you want me to post it tomorrow, midweek. No, nah, I mean, if you, if you want to post it tonight, go ahead. I mean, yeah. I probably won't put anything up until tomorrow, yeah. but. Cause I'm going to probably go to bed after this. Yeah. I'll put, I'll put up an Instagram post when, after I get done, I'll, I'll, I'll make up the uh, thumbnail and stuff like that. So. Okay. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, we'll see you Sunday for the suicide squad. And um, I hope you enjoyed today's show. And um, well, that's it for, for me. I think that's it for you, George. I've been Dean Holtzapple. I'm still George Rogers and we will see you in the multiverse.